Good morning, everyone. It is New Year's Eve 2020, the 31st of December of 2020. This is Manchester is burning, and this is going to be your reaction, your instant reaction to Liverpool. The defending champions, the ones left standing in the ring by themselves at the end of the season last year, seemingly invincible before March 2020, now sitting only three points on top. They drew against Newcastle. The main topic of this podcast, video cast, no, no video cast today, y'all, but only a podcast is a reaction to Liverpool from a subjective and objective standpoint, three points there. But first, we got to do some shout outs. I have to warn you all now. I got to warn you all now. These two shout outs are going to be a little bit long. I may go ahead and just put the timestamp of the Liverpool talk into the notes so you can just skip through it if you don't want to go through this rant. But I got to go through another rant because shout out number one is that the social media machine of hate against Manchester City and that canceled, not yet canceled, postponed match between the Blues against Everton continues. It continues. And guess what? Now we have the double standard. See, when people, when the altruistic, the extreme altruistic football mob, and it's a mob, goes after a team, a club, for just being good, for the sake of good, because they got money, they got trophies, they got titles, they got this and that, they're attacking the mob of extreme altruistic football mob goes after clubs for being good just because they're good for no facts, no facts just for being good, just for being at the top. And it continues. And now, like I said, they got the double standard because guess what y'all yesterday? Fulham little Fulham. Yeah. Fulham. That team, they got promoted into the league. Little Fulham. Yeah, they had an outbreak too. And guess what? For the same exact reasons that the Premier League postponed City's match against Everton, they postponed Fulham's match against Tottenham, against the Spires. Where is the social media storm against Little Fulham. Nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen is the the mob of extreme altruistic football mob going after Fulham. Why? Because Fulham is, because there's facts. It's the same facts as with City. It's just with Fulham, they're little. They're little Fulham. Nobody picks on them. Because they're not great, they're not. They're they're not. They're not picking on them because of just their their goodness. No one's going after Fulham. No one's asking for an investigation on Fulham. But no, with City because they're good and they have money and they got silverware and they have one of the best managers in the world. No, they go after them. The mob goes after them. 
And it's a complete double standard. It's a total double standard. Let me read you something real quick. Let me read you something. Let me read you something. Let me read you some statements from a couple of clubs. Let me read you first a statement from Everton Football Club, the club that has helped fuel the extreme altruistic football mob coming after City. Not based on facts, based on conspiracy theories. Not on facts. But here's their statement. Everton Football Club regret the postponement of tonight's match against Manchester City. Not only for the 2,000 fans who would have been attending, but for supporters on Merseyside across the world. Our players were prepared for the game, as were both the team staff and everyone at Goodison. Match day is the most important date on our calendar. And this was a big one. Whilst Everton will always have public safety, up most, we will be requesting a full disclosure of all the information that Manchester City provided to the Premier League so the club can be clear on why this decision was made. What? I think it was obvious, wasn't it? There's obvious facts, safety, positive COVID tests, all that. And it, the facts are there. Multiple players who tested positive and along with staff, all that presented to the Premier League, there was a hearing. There was a meeting. Premier League says, yep, with medical device. Go ahead. Can't post them on this thing. Done. So I, I don't know. What's the conspiracy here? The conspiracy for by City to, to rest their players by postponing a match during the mid, middle of fixture uh, congestion just so they can have fixture congestion later? That's... That's totally ridiculous and irrational, but that's the altruistic football fan mob for you going after teams and clubs just because they're good. Now, here's a statement from Tottenham. Okay, the Fulham's opponent. Little Fulham? No one picks on Little Fulham? Here's Tottenham's statement. We can confirm that our Premier League home fixture against Fulham scheduled to take place this evening. Wednesday, 30 December, has been postponed. The Premier League informed us of this decision this afternoon, with Fulham having requested the postponement on the grounds of a number of COVID-19 positive cases among their players and staff. Everyone at Tottenham Hotspur sends their best wishes to Fulham for a safe and speedy recovery to all those who are affected. Double standard. Where's the outrage? Where's the investigation request by Spurs? I mean, I, I'm going to say something maybe a lot of people are not going to agree with about Jose Mourinho, but Jose Mourinho is a conspiracy theorist at times. He has been. He's created all sorts of storms. Where's he now? What's he talking about? Now, he's upset that the match got postponed you know, with not very uh, much notice, but that's the way it is factually with getting these tests back, the fixture congestion in place, everything else. Those are facts. Can't dispute them. But there's no request for a formal investigation against Fulham. Little Fulham. No one picks on Little Fulham because, you know, they're not that big. They're not that good. No one's picking on them. Double standard. Double standard. Standard. 
that is proof, further proof, y'all, that the mob, the extreme altruistic football fan mob going after Manchester City just because they are good. This leads me into shout-out number two, y'all. Now, Edison. Edison is the goaltender for Manchester City. And he was recently interviewed. I do not know where. Uh, I don't know exactly where he was exactly interviewed, but he was interviewed for a news outlet. And he made some interesting statements. Interesting statements that I want to talk about real quick. Here's a quote from that interview. And here people were questioning him about, quote, showing off his richness, his money on Instagram. This happens to all these top football players, particularly ones of color, mind you, particularly ones of color that the media and other fans, the altruistic, extreme, tribalistic fan mob goes after these players anytime they go on social media and they say, hey, look at what I have. Quote from Ederson in the interview, in a photo I posted with my wife, people sent, you've left the fabla and are showing off. But you have to understand we also have dreams. I always had the dream of having a good, powerful car. Today, thank God I can do it. The price here in Europe and England is much more affordable than in Brazil. I was able to fulfill that dream. I save a lot, make a lot of financial investment. I'm very calm, responsible, always save a good part of my salary, 80%. The rest pay expenses, the house, travel a little with family. You have to enjoy too. Of course, thanks to God, I worked for that. I, a lot of sweat, crying, many barriers that I went through with family. Today, I can provide a good condition for my family. So I think that not forgetting my family, helping the family, everything is fine. Further quote. People say, why don't you help? A lot of people send me DMs to help institutions, but I do a lot, my wife and I. We help a lot of institutions distribute toys and festive times, Easter eggs in the community where I was raised. I just don't like showing this. I try to help without showing off quietly. Whether you like it or not, I don't like to show I'm helping. I willingly help. We also help animals. We have four dogs. We like animals. We help animal institutions. People have to understand our side. It's not just because you do good that you have to show. I particularly prefer to help from the heart, not showing that I help others. We act with a good heart. So sometimes many people do not know and end up criticizing. Edison is Brazilian. He is a person of color in English football. Is he because he's a footballer and he has money, is he under any moral obligation to give of his money and value and resources to anyone else, institution, charity, or otherwise? 
Is he under any moral obligation at all to give away money, resources, time, things of value to anyone? He has worked extremely hard and gone through incredible hardships coming from where he came from. He has been productive and has earned his money through the proper fair trade of value for value. He is under no moral obligation whatsoever to A, give away anything. He is under no moral obligation to give back to the community. He is under no moral obligation to give the charity to animals. He has a moral obligation to produce and care for his family. That's his primary moral obligation, particularly his children. He has been productive. He has gone through the fair trade of value for value, received money and re resources and other intrinsic value in return of all that sweat and tears and blood and bruising and everything else. He has every right as an individual to choose with his individual free will to give value for value away to whoever he chooses. He is not under any moral obligation. The fact that he chooses to give is by choice of free will. That is his choice. He's no on, under no moral obligation to do so. He is under none, none ethically, none legally, none morally. The fact that he chooses to give is by his choice alone. And the fact that he chooses to do so without any publicity is, again, his choice. He doesn't want all the articles in the papers about him giving this away and giving this million of this or 100,000 pounds of this or whatever away. He doesn't want it. That's his choice. But then he goes and posts something on Instagram about his car that he, through his hard work and fair trade value for value, earned the money to buy because he wanted it. People want to people want to say, oh, you've forgotten the neighborhood. You've forgotten the hood. He's under no obligation to do anything about the hood. His obligation is to his children, to himself, to his family, and to the club in which he has a fair trade agreement with to get money and intrinsic value for the blood, sweat, tears, time, talent that he provides. He is under no moral obligation. But again, this happened with Marcus Rashford. This happened with Sterling. This happens with with footballers of color, particularly in England, the press like to go after them anytime they display any product of their production. Double standard. 
as if they have a placing a moral obligation on altruism. There isn't. And it's a racially driven thing. And it needs to end. Next up, talking about Liverpool. Let's talk about Liverpool. Back, y'all. Here we go. Liverpool, the champions in the ring. They hold the belt, the Premier League belt. And everyone's coming after it. Everyone. United, City, Everton, Tottenham, even Aston Villa. Everyone's coming after them. And that's point number one. Mentality. Now, the Newcastle match ended up a nil-nil in Newcastle. Newcastle played a very good game, y'all. And Liverpool, where they would used to last year and even the year before that, last couple years, they'd be able to pull this match out. They'd get that win. Remember I told you yesterday in another podcast, the mentality of that one player who just at gutting it out at the end to get the goal, to get the three points, that saying we have the mentality, we will not draw. We will not lose points in this match during this title run. Liverpool got that goal. They had the mentality. Yeah, they were called what? Mentality merchants or something like that. Yeah. Remember that? They get that goal at the end. Win 2-1, win one nothing, win 3-2. They get that goal. This year, no. They're not getting that goal. They got the chances. And I'll talk about that in my third point. They got the chances. But they didn't get that goal. They didn't get that goal to get those three points. They've been drawing a lot. And that lead that they had, that mentality of invincibility, that air of invincibility, that they're the champions. They got the belt. You come take it. It's slowly eroding away. It's going away. People are not afraid of them anymore. Yeah, they crushed. They took Crystal Palace to the other side of the bar, out in the alley, out by the dumpsters, burning, because it's 2020. Took them out there. Owner looking away. Owner of the bar looking away like, okay, do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. Palace didn't come back. 7-0. I asked one, I told one of my friends, I said, you know, I was joking with her. She's a, a Liverpool fan. So is her husband. I said, uh, when they won seven, nothing, when you, I think you need to save some of those goals. <laughs> you need to save some of those goals when you need them later. And sure enough, two draws later, including a nil nil yesterday. Yeah, they need them. They need those goals. They missed their chances. Objectively, subjectively speaking, but the mentality is not there. The energy is not there. The pace isn't there. This is the subjective eye here. The pace isn't there. The mentality isn't there. And everyone's coming after them. They're the champs. Everyone wants to play their best game against Liverpool. Everyone sees those nice red uniforms of that Liverpool bird on them and want to say, you know what? We're coming after you. You hold the belt. Okay, we're coming. 
We're coming after you. We'll find a way. We'll figure it out. We may play defense. We may play a 5-4-1 four, four, against you. We may pull back. We may do whatever. But we're still we're going to play our best game. And so Newcastle played their best game. Everyone's coming after the Liverpool. And that, plus Liverpool not having the energy, not having the hunger, not having the mentality, having tired legs, tired bonds over three years of trying to fight for that belt, getting that belt, playing like Rocky. Now... Then getting those draws instead of wins. So that mentality isn't there. The energy isn't there. And just like with every other match during this festive holiday period, it's been all of them have been train wrecks in the middle of Arizona because they've been, you know, offensively terrible. Because tired legs, tired minds, tired bodies on everyone's part. Injuries. Now, here's the other thing, part of that mentality bit. They seemed invincible, Liverpool, because they, they, they didn't have any injuries. Last year, particularly, no major injuries for weeks and months at a time for key players. This time, they got players out. There were players in this lineup for Liverpool that, frankly, because I don't watch Liverpool on a regular basis, I have never heard of. Who is Sir, uh, Curtis Jones? I don't know who he is. Who is Nathaniel Phillips? I don't know who he is, honestly. (laughs) Liverpool fans, I'm sure you know who they are, okay? But I don't know who these people are. They started yesterday for Liverpool. They're on the pitch. They started the game yesterday. Matter of fact, Phillips is in that famous back line and didn't give up any goals last year. (laughs) Didn't give up any goals. Now they're giving up goals. Well, you don't have no Van Dyke, no Gomez, Matip, nothing like that. So they got injuries, and that plays into the mentality. It brings the team down a little bit mentality-wise. The mindset, we're hurting. We got players out. We're tired. We got the belt. We're fighting, but we don't got the punch. Don't got the punch. It's hard, and everyone's coming after y'all. It's hard. It really is. It's really hard mentally-wise. Second, you got to give it, second point, you got to give it to the Magpies. You really do. I watched that match, and then I watched the highlights. I listened. I watched this kid. This kid, this looks like he just graduated high school yesterday, just went to prom the day before yesterday. He looks like he's 16 years old. Is Carl Darlow. He is the cold was the goaltender for the Magpies in this match. He stood on his face. I mean, this dude, he made incredible saves. Incredible saves. And speaking of mentality, what does that do to the defense? When your goalkeeper behind you is just leaving it out there, leaving it out there. Like Santa on Christmas under the tree, he's leaving everything out there, everything he got. What does that do to the defense in front of him? Well, guess what? Guess what? They fought there. You know what's off for that dude. Clearing the line, clearing the ball. There were so many opportunities that they just cleared away. That defensive line doing something in last many, many, many seconds. They just cleared that ball out and saved Darlow. Kept his clean sheets. Clean sheet. I don't like the word clean sheet. I like clean sheets. You know, everyone loves clean sheets. 
Okay. So with that being said, Darlow stood on his head. That defensive back line, they stood on their heads too. And they kept the pool at bay. They kept the champ from that right cross, striking him in the face and knocking him out in the last second of the rounds. They kept the champs at bay and they drew. They drew. Got to give it to them. You got to give it to the Magpies. I'm sorry. It not, it's not all Liverpool not performing. Yeah, their, their level of performance, Liverpool is not where it is. And I just explained why. But you got to give it to Newcastle. And, I, and, and also, I get a lot of stick from Newcastle fans about my liking your manager, Steve Bruce. I don't, you know, yeah, I know Benitez is a legend. I know he's a Hall of Famer. I know he's a Hall of Famer, okay? But give me a break. Steve Bruce, the intangibles, has kept your club in the Premier League. Your club offensively is terrible. The objective stats prove it. But somehow he's getting blood from a rock, blood from a turnip, blood for some place that doesn't even bleed, whatever. He's getting it out. And people want to say, oh, he's horrible. Dude's got you mid-table. With the world, one of the worst owners in the league, he's keeping you mid-table. Not in a relegation battle. Mid-table. You are still in the league. So I, I'm confused. I'm confused about the stick. I'm confused about the stick on Steve Bruce. But I'm, I'm, I'm digressing too much. All right, missed chances, stats. Look, let's talk about that for a second for, for Liverpool. Liverpool's XG of this match against Newcastle United won 1.32 compared to Newcastle's 0.82. Again, the, the Liverpool's midfield, they're not building up play. They're not building up an offense. They're lacking pace. They're lacking speed. They're lacking tenacity. They're lacking energy. Is it tired legs, tired minds, injuries, people coming after them? I do not know, but that's the objective facts. That is the objective facts. The goalie for Newcastle standing on his head, which resulted in missed opportunities. But there were other missed opportunities. For example, 67-minute Robert Firmino, who, by the way, has the lowest goal conversion rate by any player on that Liverpool team. That is why you have Jota. But his XG on, on a missed shot, 67-minute, .37, he missed with his head. Yeah, Salah, that save shot, 33rd minute, 0.3 XG, that was saved. You have Salah again in the 65th minute, open play on his left foot, missed shot, 0.34 XG. So when you miss a shot with an XG over 0.3, that's on you. That's on you. That's a missed opportunity. Get it on goal. Get it on goal, and then Darlow saved the ones that went got in on target, which had lower XGs. But you had two opportunities with shots with XGs over 0.3 that missed the net. One by Salah, one by Firmino. And everyone's on Salah because he had two chances, one saved, one missed. Everyone's on Salah. Get off his back. He's, everyone's allowed to have a bad game. All right. But the objective evidence is there were two opportunities where, where players on the pool missed the net. 
missed the net. Now, people were talking about, I, I was confused because people were talking about how, you know, uh, Liverpool's defense wasn't as tenacious and they didn't have as much energy. The objective stats don't show that. Their PPDA, how many on average they allowed their opponent to pass within their defensive zone, was way way low 5.05 that means that liverpool's high line was pressing like they usually do actually they were pressing more than they usually do it's a low 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 number obviously a lot of tenacity there high line there they were tenacious so i'm confused Subjectively, people are saying, well, Liverpool's defense just, uh, you know, they just didn't have the defense, you know, the, the energy level and the battery's dead, blah, 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 blah. But the objective facts don't prove that point. They don't prove it. Is that because Newcastle actually had chances of their own that were good and Allison actually stood on his head at least one time? Probably so. But Newcastle's offense, subjectively and objectively, is better than they were last year. So I'm confused. I'm confused. This was actually a very entertaining 0-0. Very entertaining for the neutral there. But there you have it, the three points. Mentality, not there. The energy, not there. Tired legs, tired minds. They're the champions. Everyone going after their belt. Darlow stood on his head. For Newcastle, his defensive line in front of him stood on their face trying to save the man. And third, objective evidence, missed opportunities, missed shots, not even going on goal, not giving themselves a chance. And that defense a little bit more tenacious than people were saying on objective fact. And that's where we are at Manchester's Burn. We talk about objective fact. Yeah, we talked about subjective eye test. We also talk about objective fact. Do they match up? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But that's how it is in football. That's how it is in life, y'all. Happy New Year, everyone. By the time you hear this, it will probably be New Year 2021. I hope, I hope, I really hope it's so much better than 2020. I do. I really do for you, for your family, for everyone. Look at the light. Feel the light. Know the light is there. Know the darkness is also there. But do not let the darkness hug you. Not now, not ever. Take care of yourselves. Manchester is burning. He's over for 2020.